the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Five times the Apostle Paul was scourged by the Jews. He received 40 lashes minus one. That's the Jewish law. Jesus is not scourged by Jews. He's scourged by the Romans. Under Roman law, the number of times a person could be struck was limitless. And in in the Roman military, there were Roman soldiers that it was their job to scourge people. That's what they did. That's what they were trained to do. Have you recently stopped and contemplated the suffering Jesus chose to endure so that you could be forgiven of your sins? When you truly have an understanding of the pain and torture Jesus endured, and that he did it out of love for you, that changes the way you behave. Today, Pastor Dan will be reminding you, by his stripes, you are healed. The Bible says that sin no longer has dominion over you, and that you have the power to say no to sin. You now have resurrection power because of Jesus living in you. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of John chapter 19 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. says, so then Pilate took Jesus and scourged him. Again, remember, he's, he's, he's making this political decision now. He's trying to appease the religious leaders that are demanding that Jesus be crucified. Even though Pilate knows he's innocent, that he's done nothing wrong, Pilate is willing to scourge him before releasing him. And so Pilate took Jesus and scourged him. It's interesting to me that the Bible gives us no details about the scourging that Jesus received. It it just says that Pilate took Jesus and and scourged him. That's all. There's no description of what the scourging entailed or what what exactly he suffered, just like there are no details given about his crucifixion. The text says they crucified him, and that's it. There's nothing more. They crucified him. We're not given any kind of description of the scourging. We're not given any kind of description of the crucifixion. And the reason there's no details given for us is because the the people living in the first century that received this gospel from John were very familiar with scourging. And they were very familiar with crucifixion. They didn't need a detailed description. They had seen it before. They saw people scourged. They saw people crucified. So John doesn't need to include details. Now, scourging is, is something that's foreign to us. None of us have seen that. And, we, and we, we don't really know, we don't really appreciate the suffering that Jesus endured. And so 
I want to I spend a few minutes just giving you a brief description of scourging. So when we read verse 1 where it says Pilate took Jesus and scourged him, we can just have a better understanding of what Jesus went through for us, for our sins. Uh, to be scourged was to be beaten with a whip. And it wasn't just a regular whip of just a single strap. It was a special uh, whip that the Romans used for scourging. And it had, it had uh, multiple long straps on it with a wooden handle. And these, these, uh, these leather straps were long and they could wrap around the whole body. Not just the back, but wrap around the whole body. And in those leather straps were tied pieces of sharp metal, nails, spikes, glass, uh, sharp pieces of lamb bone, uh, and jagged iron balls. So think of razor blades, barbed wire, and like lead fishing weights tied into the leather straps. The, way, the whip was called a, a flagrum or a flagellum. It was designed to bruise and tear the flesh. It was designed to shred the flesh. Now, in the law of Moses, God made specific limitations and rules for scourging. If you're a note taker, Deuteronomy 25 verse 3 says a person could receive no more than 40 lashes when they were scourged. And so, uh, no more than 40 lashes according to the law of Moses. Uh, so, so the Jews, uh, to ensure they didn't break that law by miscounting and accidentally giving someone 41 lashes, what the Jews did is they, did, they built a, a fence around the law to ensure that they didn't break the law and they decided to stop counting at 39. So we're only going to give 39 lashes just in case we miscount it so we don't accidentally give somebody more than 40 lashes. I point that out because in the New Testament, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 24, the Apostle Paul shares some of the things that he suffered for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he says, from the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. 39. So five times the Apostle Paul was scourged by the Jews. He received 40 lashes minus one. That's the Jewish law. Jesus is not scourged by Jews. He's scourged by the Romans. Under Roman law, the number of times a person could be struck was limitless. And in, in the Roman military, there were Roman soldiers that it was their job to scourge people. That's what they did. That's what they were trained to do. And, and just to give you kind of a, a visual image of what this entailed, what they would do is they would strip the person down of all their clothes. They would chain the person's hands to a, a pillar, exposing their back. And two Roman soldiers would scourge the person, one on each side. And they would alternate, hitting the person with the scourge, the picture that you saw. And this was, this was their job. And so you'd have one Roman soldier on one side of the victim, another Roman soldier on the other side, and they would take turns scourging the person, using their full strength coming down upon the person's back, just pounding away on them. Now the scourging of Jesus, it, it fulfilled 
a specific prophecy found in the Psalms, if you're a note taker, Psalm 129, verse 3. It says, My back is covered with cuts as if a farmer had plowed long furrows. They're plowing on his back. And again, that, that, that scourge is, is made just to shred their back. To bruise it with those weights and then just shred it with the sharp objects that are woven into the straps. And again, it's more than his back that was affected. His entire body was affected by the scourging. His legs, his calves. Uh, Sometimes the Romans would also scourge a person on the front side. And the straps again were long enough that even if they were just hitting him on the backside, those straps would wrap around his body. Scourge him on the front. Even even his face was lacerated by the scourging. In Isaiah chapter 52 verse 14, there's another prophecy fulfilled by the scourging of Jesus. It says, listen, but many were amazed when they saw him. His face was so disfigured, he seemed hardly human. And from his appearance, one would scarcely know he was a man. His face was so disfigured from the scourging that he didn't even look human. That no one that knew him could could recognize him. And of course, the, the scourging would have resulted in significant blood loss. It would have resulted in Uh, Nerve damage, uh, causing excruciating pain. Uh, There's records of Roman scourgings where they they scourged the person with such severity that even some of the rib bones were exposed uh, or some of the internal organs were exposed because it, it was designed to grab the flesh and rip it off. And to have that over and over and just ripping the flesh off. Uh, It was common for victims of scourging to experience convulsions or seizures, vomiting, to lose consciousness, and in some cases even die from the severity of the beating. We know that Jesus was so weakened from the scourging that he was unable to carry the cross. Uh, And the Roman soldiers compelled Simon of Cyrene to carry the cross for him. He, w- he was unable to do it. I have a, I have a book that is entitled, uh, Died He for Me? A Physician's View of the Crucifixion of Jesus Christ uh, by a doctor named Mark Marinella. Uh, and what, what Dr. Marinella did in his book is he examined the scourging and crucifixion of Jesus from a medical point of view. Uh, and, and he described, at one point in the book, he describes what it would be like if Jesus were brought into a modern-day hospital after the scourging. Uh, and, and I want to read a portion of it because his description is sobering to consider. Now think about this if you've ever been to the emergency room with someone. Uh, if you've been to the emergency room with someone who's been in a severe car accident. And to have the doctor tell you 
their condition, what all they need to do. And so this is what it would be like if Jesus were brought into an emergency room after his scourging. The author writes, after his scourging, Jesus would have been considered in critical physical condition if he were admitted to any modern hospital. He had lost a significant amount of blood from the crown of thorns and the scourging. As a result, his pulse was likely elevated and his blood pressure was likely starting to decline. Shock ensues when a person's blood pressure is too low to provide adequate blood and oxygen to tissues and cells and results in impaired brain function, low body temperature, a faint, thready pulse, poor urine output, and accumulation of acids in the blood. In addition, the chest trauma and possible lung injury may have resulted in low oxygen levels and an inability to fully exhale carbon dioxide. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. In a modern hospital, Jesus in the post-scourging condition would have a battery of laboratory tests and x-rays performed. A chest x-ray would have shown no rib fractures, but possibly fluid in the chest cavity, and the sac around the heart may have also filled with blood and watery fluid from chest trauma. A CT scan would have likely shown bleeding in the abdominal cavity, kidney contusions, and swelling of the soft tissues of the chest and back. Jesus would have been admitted to the intensive care unit, the ICU, after the scourging, and given intravenous fluids, oxygen, blood transfusions, and pain control such as morphine. A surgeon would need to clean out debris and Jesus' back wounds, as well as remove dead tissue. Antibiotics would be necessary to treat infection, which no doubt would be setting in from the unsanitary conditions in which he was scourged. A tetanus shot would be mandatory to prevent tetanus, a deadly infection from bacteria that live in the soil. And it is likely that Jesus would have experienced severe respiratory distress necessitating a mechanical ventilator if he would have survived more than a few hours. And Jesus suffered all of this for us, for you and for me. He, he, he was beaten, the Bible tells us, so that we can have peace with God. He was whipped so that we can be made whole. By his wounds, we are healed of our sin. Now verse 2 says, And the soldiers twisted a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they put on him a purple robe. Now there are, uh, there, a purple robe. Now there are bushes that grow in Israel even today that have very long, sharp, thorns two to three inches uh, long. In the ancient world, those branches were used for kindling, 
to start fires. And so they would often have them just in containers of, you know, for a fire starter. So it was readily available for the soldiers. The Roman soldiers made a crown of thorns, placed it on Jesus' head. And it's significant. It's significant that they made a crown out of thorns. Because the Bible tells us where thorns came from. Genesis chapter 3, verse 18, we're told that thorns are the result of Adam's sin in the garden. Right? Remember that? Because of Adam's sin, God said, Cursed is the ground for your sake. Thorns and thistles they will bring forth. Jesus died to remove the curse of sin. And thorns are a symbol of the curse of sin on the world. And he's crowned with thorns. God made him who knew no sin to become sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. He became sin. The Bible says he became our sin and was punished for us. The Bible says that Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. Jesus became a curse for us. And that crown of thorns was placed on his head. He's crowned with the emblem of the curse. And they place on him a purple robe. This This was probably a military robe. It belonged to one of the Roman soldiers. And again, he's, he's just gone through a scourging, and so that robe probably stuck to the drying blood and tissue. And when they removed that robe off of him, it probably ripped off skin and flesh and muscle, resulting in more suffering for Jesus. And then they said, verse 3, Hail, King of the Jews! And they struck him with their hands. They began to slap him. They mocked Jesus for as being for being the king of the Jews, they began to slap him with their hands. Matthew's gospel tells us they also put a staff or a reed in his hand when they mocked him as the king of the Jews, as you know, like a scepter. And then they took that staff and they began, it says in Matthew, to beat him on the head with that staff. And he's got that crown of thorns on with those with those thorns, you know, two inches long. And as they are beating him on the head, they're driving those thorns into his scalp. Possibly even driving those thorns into his eyelids. And of course, just causing tremendous blood loss and and pain, unimaginable pain. Uh, Back in Isaiah chapter 50, verse 6, if you're taking notes. Another messianic passage. I gave my back to those who struck me and my cheeks to those who who plucked out the beard. I did not hide my face from shame and spitting. So apparently they they ripped out his beard as well. Verse 4, Pilate then went out again. Do you remember the last few weeks I've shown you the picture of the gate that came out of the praetorium to the outside? You guys remember that? Great. And so Pilate is going out to where the religious leaders are gathered outside. And then he's going back into the praetorium and he's coming back out again. So now Pilate came out in verse 4 to the religious leaders and he said to them, Behold, I am bringing him out to you that you may know that I find no fault in him. Again, Pilate declared his innocence. Then Jesus came out, so he came out through that same gate, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, And Pilate said to them, Behold the man. 
And Pilate thought, once those Jewish leaders see the severity of the scourging, they would be satisfied. And Pilate could release Jesus. So he brings Jesus out and he says, behold the man. Look at his condition. Look at what I've done to him. He doesn't even look human at this point. Surely this is enough suffering. Therefore, when the chief priests and officers saw him, they cried out saying, crucify him. Crucify him. And Pilate said to them, You take him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. Again, he declares Jesus' innocence. Then the Jews answered him, Well, we have a law, and according to our law, he ought to die because he made himself the Son of God. They have this law, they say. We have this law, and they're referring to Leviticus chapter 24. Verse 16, which is a law about blasphemy. And whoever blasphemes the name of the Lord shall surely be put to death. And they're accusing now Jesus of blasphemy, of making himself the son of God, which means he's God, he's, he's, he's divine. So now they have a new, a new accusation against Jesus. So when they make this accusation that he makes himself the son of God, he's guilty of blasphemy Because he's claiming to be God. Therefore, when Pilate heard that saying, he was the more afraid. So the the Jews introduce a new charge against him. They accused him before of, of claiming to be the king of the Jews and coming against Caesar. Now they claim that he makes himself to be the son of God. That he claims to be divine. That he's God. And it says, Pilate was the more afraid. Because Jesus claimed he is the Son of God, which means Pilate was afraid of Jesus before, now he's the more afraid of Jesus. Why was Pilate afraid? Well, the Romans were very superstitious about their gods. And they believed, and they had these stories in their, in their history with their gods, they believed that their gods sometimes came down to the earth as a person uh, without telling anybody. And that their gods would come down. Uh, and if you, if you messed with that person not knowing that it was actually a god, the Romans believed well, that, that God would take vengeance on you. Uh, we see an example of this in Acts chapter 14. If you're a note taker, you can jot that down. Acts chapter 14. Uh, Paul and Barnabas were in the city of Lystra. And the people of Lystra thought Paul and Barnabas were the gods Jupiter and Mercury. Because Paul healed somebody. And they, and they said, the gods have come down to earth in human form. And they wanted to sacrifice to Paul and Barnabas again because they thought they were the gods Jupiter and Mercury. This was just a, you know, a common belief that the Romans had. So now think about Pilate's situation. Pilate knew that Jesus was innocent. And Pilate just had Jesus severely scourged. And now the Jews mention he's the son of God. (laughs) To which Pilate, I'm sure, said, wait, what? He's the son of God? Why didn't you tell me that before I scourged him? So Pilate's the more afraid. Verse 9, he went in again. He goes back into that gate, back into the praetorium. And he said to Jesus, where are you from? Where are you from? If you remember back in chapter 18 when Pilate questioned Jesus, Jesus said, My kingdom is not from this world. He asked- 
been listening to Pastor Dan Sexton at Ring of Truth. If you missed any part of today's message or would like to hear more from this series in the Gospel of John, you can do so right now at calvaryec.com. Just click on Media. There you'll have access to our entire library of Pastor Dan's messages. You're welcome to listen to online and download for free to share with friends and family. That website one more time is calvaryec.com. Before we close our time with you, we'd like to ask you something. Would you join us in praying for the ministry of Ring of Truth? Please, pray for Pastor Dan and everyone involved in this program, that we would continue to listen and respond to what our Heavenly Father has to say. Thank you for taking the time to pray. How can we be praying for you during this study in John? We'd be honored to do that. Please contact us at 410-491-4592. That's 410-491-4592. We'd like to meet you, too. Join us at Calvary Chapel this Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, and you can find all the information you need at calvaryec.com. That's all we have time for today. Feel free to read ahead in John before joining Pastor Dan next time, right here. On Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft in them. Well, I know because I know his voice, and it only takes. Rings true.